What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Goodwin, the Bowtie Comedian. And I just want to thank you and welcome you to another episode of the podcast. We have been rocking and rolling right along. And I am so excited that you have chosen to be a part of my community. This podcast will give you insights on some of the best advice ever as it relates to life. And then you also get your laugh on. I think we live in a day and time with vitally important. For you just to take a moment out and laugh. Kiki key, key, key. Ha ha. Chuckle. Something. Folks are so serious nowadays. Well, we've been serious for a while. But not only that, we've encountered some very difficult days. Going through a pandemic. That That's not a normal well that I think that is normal. I think that is something that not a pandemic per se, but adversity. Adversity happens. It's not often it happens on a national scale. But adversity happens pretty regularly. Um, so we've we've gone through some very difficult, challenging days and we have some bright days ahead of us. That that just has always been my outlook on life. Tomorrow is going to be better than today. That's just how I approach life and how I have been able to navigate life, even dealing with some very challenging and adversity or adverse experiences and circumstances in my life. So we're going to start this podcast like we always do. And talk about being on the road again. Now, interesting enough, I've not been on the road. I've had, I've had not had a gig since last Saturday. Well, my last gig was a gig that I had was actually on a Friday night. I was, I was in New uh, West West Virginia. That's where I had my harrowing ice situation. So when I returned back home. I had Saturday off, and as I mentioned, uh, took my son to the uh, University of South Carolina and Tennessee game. So I've spent this week home for Thanksgiving. Hope everyone has had a wonderful run at Thanksgiving. It was a nice little week. So I've taken about, it, it seemed to be two weeks, but it wasn't really two weeks because I worked. And it's about two weeks. So, but I'm back out. I'm back out this Saturday. So, nope. Yeah, this this upcoming Saturday. So, you've listened to this Wednesday. Saturday, I will be on the road again. But I, I took this past week off and the following week. So, I'm not on the road. I'm home enjoying my family, friends, and food. But we did go on the road. We did go to Florence and have Thanksgiving dinner with some family members, and we really had a good time. It was good food, good fellowship. You know, I, I for the majority of my family, 
It's a very, very Christian environment. It's very interesting as I get older how much I look back over my life and see how I've been insulated from a lot of drama that I typically hear and have seen as it, as it relates to family interactions. I, I've, I've had family drama as, as most folks have had, but when there's a gathering of, of our family, it's typically pretty tame. Like we had, we had dinner at one o'clock. Well, said it was going to be one, you know, it was more like two. And so, but it was good. Like it was, it was no, no issues. Nobody was getting cussed out. It, it's no drama on the big scale. Like the drama in my family is very underneath the layers. Like you have to go looking for the drama. If you just kind of be bopping around, everybody's every, everything's good. And the same is true on my wife's side of the family as it relates to the folks that we spend time around. Good Christian folks, you know, good Christian folks. They're going, if they ask you if you want something to drink, they talking about iced tea. They talking about water. They talking about soda. That's what they talking about. You know, funny herbal smells coming from the backyard. It, it just is a very calm, cool, and collected gathering of folks. So that happened on thanksgiving and then we all we had the opportunity i was i had the opportunity to take my family to bucky's i don't know if y'all are familiar with the gas station enterprise also known as bucky's I, if you have not had an opportunity to visit a bucky's i would encourage you to do so from my understanding they originated in texas i've been to i've been to bucky's bucky's a number of times just by virtue of being on the road, but there's one that's in South Carolina. It's in Florence. And I took my family to Bucky's. And it was quite the experience. If you've not gone, uh, I don't even know how to explain to you Bucky's. Bucky's is like a super Walmart on steroids. I think that's probably an accurate. Uh, some, uh, a description. I mean, you put a Cracker Barrel inside of there. You can add a, a, a Super Circle K. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff. There's uh, food. There's merchandising. You, you know, there's a mascot. My family took a picture with the Bucky. I posted it on my Instagram page. I was like, I was inside the suit. I wasn't in the suit, people. That wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> only suits that Mike Goodwood wear have two or three buttons on the front. I, I'm not going to be in nobody's costume. I don't think I've ever been in a mascot costume. Like, and I didn't do, I've done some things. I, I, I definitely didn't do it in college. I didn't do it in graduate school. You would think I would be kind of a mascotty kind of guy, but uh, I, I, I'm not for breathing in the hot air of others. That's what you're doing in those mascot suits, costumes. But 
with the buckies and had the bucky the full buckies experience. I, I came away with some uh I forgot the name of the buckies. One of the they like they like uh what's the cereal? Uh there's a cereal that there's a bag full of the like I, I gotta I gotta say it on the next podcast. But it's like a buck beaver beaver nuts, maybe that sounds it's a lot of conversation around um <laughs> not beaver nuts, but just just nuts uh in general as it relates to peanuts and uh cashews, <laughs> pecans, <laughs> football teams. It's a lot of conversation. I think it's beaver nuts, if I'm not mistaken. I, I will get the the accurate name of, of this delightful treat. Um, it, it, it's kind of like sugar smacks. It's a bag of sugar smacks, sort of, sort of. If you remember that cereal from back in the day, the sugar smack Bucky's treat. My wife got some chocolate cover pecans, or pecans. I don't, I don't know what part of the country you're from. You say it differently. Some people say pecans. Here in the South, we say pecans. Pecans. I don't say pecans. I just said that because I know there. That's how people pronunciate it, separate from the South, where I'm from. I'm from the South, and and we say pecans. That's that's how we communicate. Pecans. So, wife was able to get some of those. It was a great little trip. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get a review from the family to say how did you like Bucky's, but. Wanted to make sure that I gave them the Bucky experience. Since we're very close, we're in Florence. The Bucky's that is in South Carolina is in Florence. Even though I was in Florence, I have not been to south of the border. I've never parked my car and got out and went inside of the south of south of the border. I've walked by it. I think even driving, I just, I think I saw where they may keep some of the equipment for the south of the border. Um, but I've not going inside, not spent money on admissions. I don't, I don't even know if it's, there's a ticket. I don't know if you could just walk in like a rest area, but even though I was in Flowtown, Magic City, I, I don't know if that's the nickname for Florence. I think that's what somebody told me. And I, I believed them. They could be lying to me. But we went to Bucky's. We didn't go to uh, south of the border. Also, there was a restaurant very well known called Thunderbird. It's in Florence. I don't know if it's still operating. It had some of the best soul food this side of the Mississippi. Now, I don't know if the Mississippi is actually on this side. It just sounded like something cool to say. Uh, this side of Lake Watery. Uh, that might be a little bit more accurate to the uh, location in which we are residing. Thunderbird. Thunderbird was a restaurant. It may still be a restaurant. I think I've been there one time, but folks would rant and rave about how delicious the food was at Thunderbird. Thunderbird is also some cheap liquor, I think. Like some uh, malt liquor type deal. I, I've heard it, you know, it's one of those like Ripple, Sham Pimple, some, some things. Mad Dog 2020. I don't think I've ever ingested any of these beverages, Underbird, I, anything 
that looked like crayon colors in a bottle. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go left on that. I'm going to pass. The moment you've been waiting for. The best advice ever. This is advice. I've been, I've been thinking about this for quite a bit. And I've, I've really been wondering how can this advice be more mainstream? Because I think it is often reserved for folks that have resources, folks that have means, or folks that are involved in athletics or some particular specialized job or activity. And so the advice, the best advice ever that I'm going to give you today is get a coach. Yeah. Get a coach. What's interesting to me, I, I've had coaches my entire life. I've, I've played sports from early in my childhood on up into high school. And then even a little bit after high school, played in the military. We had some some teams in the military. So I've always had coaches, and I've always had a great level of respect and admiration for coaches. And as I got older, I became a coach. So I coached at Heathwood, but I also coached a few years for the Special Olympics. I, that's, a, that's a story to have a conversation about. On another day. But I think for folks, especially folks that have not participated in sports, I wonder have they had the ability to have coaches? Because you can have coaches separate from sports. You can have coaches, you can have a voice coach, you can have an instrument coach, you can have a number of coaches that is not related to athletics. But I think that one thing that I've learned. As I've, I've gotten older, and I, I think I wish I would have been a little bit more um, intentional about is if there's a skill or there's something that I'm working on to become proficient in and I, I want to be much better, I would get a coach. I remember when I first started playing golf I, and I don't even think I would call what I call what I do playing golf I do a lot of grounds um dismantling I dismantle greens I'm a green dismantler dismantler and I am a ball loser ball baptizer if there's a water hazard anywhere close to where I'm playing, I'm going to make that ball dedicate his life to the Lord. I, it will be baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I, I, it doesn't matter. Like You can have water in your cup, and if you're playing with me, I'm going to find a way to put that ball in a body of water. I just... It's called me John the Baptist out on the golf course because <laughs> that's that's what your boy does. I put balls in water. I don't I don't know if that. There we go with these 
talking a lot about questionable parts. <laughs> but yeah, when I first started playing golf, I got some lessons. I got some lessons. Got a coach. At the time, I hired a gentleman by the name of Jimmy. I've had a number of coaches in my life named Jimmy. Jimmy had a golf a driving range, a driving range here in town. And I went and took lessons with him. Now, at the time, Jimmy had, he had a camera set up. He had his computer. So it actually recorded my swing. And I could see where I was having issues with the consistency of my swing. But before I took the lessons for Jimmy, I have a friend and fraternity brother by the name of Jabari. He was showing me pointers and, and giving me tips and hints on how to improve my golf game. So there was something, I guess, in particular that he had been telling me, and I, I just hadn't picked it up. But then when I went to my 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 golf lesson with Jimmy, I came back and I told you, I was like, hey, man. He was like, so, you know, what did you learn? I was like, oh, it was very, very beneficial, man. He really showed me some things, gave me some insights. And so I showed Jabari this particular, maybe how I was turning my wrist, something in particular that was really not allowing me to hit the ball. And Jabari was like, man, I've, I've been telling you that for three months. So I've been telling you that, but do you go over here to Jimmy? You go to the white man, and now all of a sudden, you see the light. <laughs> and that's kind of like how he saw it. And I, I didn't. I was like, no, he showed it to me on the computer. Like he had the video of it. And so I think my friend really felt the way because he was like, here I am. I've been showing you this for months. And the white man, I mean, that's that's kind of the vibe I was getting from. And I was like, no, bro. I, I saw he, he recorded it. I, he, he had a camera. I saw myself. And I, you might have been saying it, but it, I'm a more visual learner type guy. Maybe seeing it, turn the light bulb on. And so I think Jabari kind of told me this story some years later, like, hey, man, I've been telling you this. And I was like, ah, that's not how I felt. I felt that, oh, it was illuminated because I saw the video. That's how life is. I'm sorry uh, for the inflection in my voice because that's it's kind of vibe where people hit you with. <laughs> and, I, and that, hey, and that's the, that's an interesting part about our history. I was, I was seeing, I saw something on Twitter today. There's a part of our history that it, even in the day, it, it would be deemed inappropriate to say these things. But like, there was a real part of our history. If you look at like segregation and look at civil rights. Folks were legitimately was like, man, the white folks' water fountain, the water's colder than the the colored folks, but it wasn't. It was the same water fountain. In in many cases, it was the same water. That was just a separate. So you know, there's some there's some ribbon, there's some jokes that we have. Where folks will be like, hey man, white folks got the ice is cold. You know they just. I got cold ice. Like that's just, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's, it's gotta be colder, man. The water gotta have like 
ginger ale in the water fountain. That's how you know, I remember talking to some folks that were growing up in that time. It was like, man, that water has to be some of the best water. And they drank the water. It was like, no, man, what was terrible water. It's the same terrible water we were drinking. That's the wildness of segregation. So that being said, I, I had a coach. I had someone to teach me what I did not know. And I think oftentimes we try to bootstrap it and, and not even try to bootstrap it. That's just where we are. That's what we have. We don't have the resources. We don't have the luxury of hiring someone to assist us in our weight loss journey or to assist us in styling our clothes. You just basically, you got a hook and crook. You got to jump on YouTube. You got to pick people's brains. Hey, y'all stop asking people to pick their brains. Just, just take them to lunch. That's a pro tip right here. This is a, this is a, a piece of advice to go along with the best advice ever. If there's someone that you really want to connect with, and you think they have some information that would be valuable to to you, you don't necessarily have to go and sit down with these people. Don't ask to meet with them out the gate. The first thing I would advise, because folks are busy, and I know one thing for me, if I, if I met a young comic, I wouldn't want to sit down and add another meeting. Now, if we had in a show... And at the end of the show, we're talking at the table. That's a great, but for, for him to say, hey, hey, can I get on your calendar for tomorrow? You're like, nah, probably not. But what they will be very open to was, can I get your email address? I have a few questions I want to ask you. Don't ask to pick people's brains. Don't invite them out for coffee. Say, hey, can I get your email address? I have a few a few questions I have. I would love to ask you. And then here's another thing that you can do when you want to develop a relationship or, or, or you know, be coached. You want someone to be a coach for you. I would I would say lead with value. Prime example. So let's say if I'm on a show with a comic who is a headliner and I'm, I'm featuring basically I'm on a show with a comedian that has a bigger platform, a bigger audience, a bigger crowd. I, number one, the first thing I try to do whenever I, I open for someone or I'm, I'm on tour with someone, I try to be a good hang. Meaning I'm low maintenance. I'm where I'm supposed to be at the time I'm supposed to be there. I'm not causing any additional stress and concern. I, I'm not coming in with 25, 30 questions. Tell me what time I need to be where I'm supposed to be. And I'll be there in the appropriate uniform, outfit. Also, when I'm along with this individual, I'm taking their lead. So I'm not dominating the conversation by constantly asking questions. I'm allowing them to say, hey, man. So how are things going for you? What you've been up to? Hey, I'm working on this joke. You got any thoughts about that? I let them take the lead. It's like in dancing. The same thing is true for people that are in grief. 
you know, someone may have experienced a loss. I'm not going to come out of the gate like, how you doing? Is everything all right? What can I do for you? I'm going to let them take the lead. If they want to talk about it, I'm going to give them the space to talk about it. But if they don't, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to be quiet. So, yeah, if you're in a case where there are folks that you want to have connection to, you know, you want to, you think, because it honestly, and I'm going to say this, and I've had advocates, so I'm not saying that we, we should not desire folks to be an advocate for us. We should, you know, people, they're going to be people that's going to help us. They're going to give us the code. They're going to give us um, a validation. They're going to give us a, a, a vouch. They'll be able to vouch for us. But this is what I'll, I'll say related to that. Don't wait for someone to give you permission to do what you've already been called to do. Many of you have already been commissioned to do something. Don't wait for someone to deputize you. Go do it. Go get it done. Similar, and I and I'm you know y'all know I'm a comedian, so I, a lot of my examples are. are comedic comedy related it's similar to me sitting around waiting for somebody to take me out on tour no man go do gigs go do your own tour like go do it like that's the, if if man this i'm this is the best advice of the best advice of the best advice like go go do it don't wait don't wait to be authorized don't wait to be requested don't wait for someone to tap you on your shoulder and say, oh, it's your turn. We're not in school anymore. We're in life. Go do it. It's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. So go and do it. Go get it done. Go do action. Execute activity. And when you're doing those things, you're better able to identify who can coach. Because you want to be, you know, what happens a lot of times when folks, folks want coaches and they may go get coaches, but they go get the first coach that show up. They see a, they see something on YouTube. They see something on Instagram or social media. Oh, I'm going to go hire this coach. And it's a bad experience. You didn't, you didn't do any research. You didn't check this coach's references. You didn't say, hey, coach, uh, I would love, I, I see a lot of this stuff online. It looks amazing. Can you give me two or three folks that have had a great experience with you? that I can call and have a conversation with. So people want coaches. People will even go get coaches, but they'll go get coaches, have a bad experience, and they say, ah, no more coaches for me. I'm sick of this. People stealing and taking my money. No. Just, just vet these folks before you allow them access. Take your time. Hire slow, fire fast. Boy, I'm giving you, boy, this is the... This is the best advice holiday. I'm talking, I'm dropping the jams out here. Higher, slow, fire, fast. That's it. That might be one for another day. So, yeah, get a coach. Get yourself coach. And whatever that, I mean, I have a coach. I have business coaches. I have fitness coach. I have a pastor who is a coach. I was even thinking about this for my son. 
and I, and this conversation I'm gonna have with him in, in soon, him and and, and my daughter. I'm say I'm your parent, I'm your father, but you have to allow me to be your coach. Like I'm your father by virtue of biology, by virtue of brought you into this world, but you have to allow me to coach you. You have to allow folks to coach you. And coaching, the three things that I think about, and there are probably a thousand more, but these are very important things when you're looking for a coach, what's important, and the things that you should be thinking about as it relates to coaching. These are three things that, and again, there's, there's, they're not in any order. It's just, hey, if you're looking at a coach and you want a coach, what are the reasons you should have a coach? Number one, you should have a coach for correction. You should have someone that's able to give you correction. In life, sometimes the older we get, the harder it is to correct. We don't give folks that ability to speak into our life to correct us. So we should have coaches that have the ability to correct us. The other thing, we should have coaches for accountability. We should be accountable. There should be someone that we say, hey, I'm going to do this. By September 3rd, September 3rd comes and they say, hey, what happened to the thing you said you were going to do? We need accountability. And last but not least, coaches, you want wise counsel. You want coaches that have done what you're attempting to do. They've been down that road. That's the issue. Sometimes I kind of giggle with life coach (laughs) a little bit. Because these are folks that hadn't lived life, but they want to be life coaches. Like, hey, bro. And I'm not even talking about age. Like you, bro, you still in college? How you? How you would tell me about life out here? Like what you been? What you been doing? Wealth management. Do you have wealth of your own that you have managed? Are you just gonna manage my wealth? So you want wise counsel from folks who have done the thing that you are attempting to do. So get a coach. That is the best best advice ever. Uh, thank y'all so much. I do have a question, Ask the Bowtie. This question came in. So we have the Ask the Bowtie segment. Ask the Bowtie. So the question came in from Reg. Hilton Head, he said, is it difficult to do comedy in today's climate? Folks, we're talking about great question, Reg. As it relates to comedy, people, you know, get canceled. Folks what Dave Chappelle has called a brittle spirit. Audiences have a brittle spirit. Oftentimes people are coming to be offended. I don't know if they're coming to be offended, but they're offended. And they want to communicate their offense. And folks, and and Red says, hey, is it difficult to do comedy in today's, today's climate? So I say this, and I say this all the time. Doing comedy is difficult. I don't care what period you're doing it in. It's already difficult. What I would say is it difficult to do comedy in today's climate. I would say no, as it relates to not saying things that are offensive. The lines are very clear. That's why I say no. It's very clear. There's no ambiguity about if I talk about this topic, there's likely going to be blowback. Now, that's not difficulty. That's acknowledgement. So comedy is difficult. I would say this. Comedy is difficult for those of us that don't want to change. If you came into comedy 30 years ago and you want to do comedy the way that you did it 30 years ago, 
Yeah, it's very difficult. I came into comedy almost almost 15, maybe 16 years ago. I can't do comedy the way I did it 16 years ago. But I change. I see the lines. I know what the out of bounds is. I see what the issues are. There's no, there's no surprises. There's no, oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to talk about. No, you can talk about what you want to talk about. And you can be funny. But understand that folks are going to have a hotline with your name and you're going to be added to that database. So I would say, Reg, that it's difficult in general, just getting in front of an audience to provide entertainment, especially stand-up comedy, is, is very difficult. I think now in terms of people being very sensitive and, and words not being appropriate and things that we could joke about in times past, being less likely, you know, people wanting you to joke about. I don't think that's difficult. I just think that it causes you to be more mindful. You need to be more mindful and you need to change. If this is what you want to do, and if you, um, and I think there's a way to communicate very funny observations and illustrations, and not be offensive and not be malicious. But there, people, comedy comes from a place of pain, so there's folks are going to be offended. Um, so I, I don't think it's more difficult than times past. Like the same, like what people say, it's got to be more difficult to not curse than than the curse. And I no, comedy's hard. I don't care if you up there using all the F words. <laughs> it's still, <laughs> it's very hard. It's hard. I just couldn't stand on stage and cuss and then everybody give me stand ovation. So it's very, very, very hard in general. But in today's society, the lines are very defined. So if you want to go over there, just know there's some consequences for your repercussions. Consequences and repercussions for your actions. So thanks so much for the question, Reg. And as I release y'all, to your destiny or with the what you're not going to do segment. Uh, man, e even these segments I find, and I, I usually get them from USA Today, they a little bit darker. So I, I got to, I don't find many as funny. But here's one from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. said, a woman who made national headlines more than a decade ago by falsely claiming she had been kidnapped when she had actually gone to Walt Disney World has pleaded guilty for having stolen nearly $150,000 from an employee. Say what? <laughs> uh, what you're not going to do is say you got kidnapped and be out hanging out with Disney, out with, with Mickey and Goofy and Daffy and Donald. I don't know if Daffy's out there. Come on, man. Folks out here, woman. Now I, I I didn't I didn't see the story when it when it happened in, in live time. Uh, but yeah, you can't be telling you got kidnapped, and you just out at Disney World. This was it Disney World, Disneyland. I get those get those places confused. Walt Disney World, yeah. Come on, man. What you're not gonna do is lie. That's what you're not going to do. Don't lie. Just be honest. Tell the truth. And speaking of lying, uh, as y'all can see, I'm representing my team. And I would be lying if I told you I wasn't affected by the game. We just had our rivalry game, and we finally won. 
It's been a long road. It's been a long time. <laughs> but we won. Now, what I want to say as it relates to what you're not going to do and fans and sportsmanship, uh, what you're not going to do is out here be offended if folks have jokes for you. And, and the same is true for me. If folks got jokes about my team, I, I can't be all up in arms. I, I just had a situation happen with a fraternity brother. Got a little group chat. And uh, somebody put in the thing, yo, how about those Gamecocks? You know, shout out to the brothers who are fans of the other team. And then the, one of the brothers was like, hey, man, I ain't say nothing to you. Don't be coming for me. I ain't say nothing. And it was like, come on, bro. All the years you've had rhetoric, derogatory rhetoric about our team, and now all of a sudden you're like, hey, man, I ain't say nothing to you. Don't say nothing to me. Come on, people. Take your joke. Take your joke and keep it moving. <laughs> Y'all got us. Yeah, it took you eight years. It took you for almost a, a decade. You know, get you some shade in. But, bro, man, I, back to the joke or the question of the day. Like, <sighs> folks, man, don't. What you're not going to do is not be able to take a joke. Just breathe. It's, it's okay. It's okay to be teased. It's okay for somebody to say, man, you got a big forehead. That's it's not that's not gonna destroy you. Bullying, being malicious, that's a different thing. But a joke, poke a little fun. Come on, man. I was just telling my wife, we had a little situation at home. I, I, I cracked the joke. Did she, I don't understand. I can't tell if you and I'm like, hey, it's a joke. Laugh, keep it moving. So what y'all not going to do is be so uptight in this world that you can't take a joke, man. Take a joke. Take a joke. Matter of fact, take two jokes before you call and take a nap and call me in the morning. Hey, thank y'all so much. Tuning in to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. Man, I've been your host comedian Mike Goodwin. If you have a question that you want to send in, please email us at info at comedianmikegoodwin.com Check me out on all the social media platforms. I'm on Instagram at Bowtie Comedy. Same is true with Twitter. I have a, a mailbox over there. I don't go. I go by and do the grass. But I, don't, I don't really live over there. Facebook, I'm at Comedian Mike Goodwin. There's some activity going on on TikTok. I, I don't... <laughs> I have my representative over there on TikTok. Um, but you can get to me at comedian, uh, not even comedian, mikegoodwin.com. If you want to know what I got going on, my tour dates, we're actually going to be uh, having an announcement about some dates in Ohio. I got some Ohio dates for my folks coming up. So we'll be announcing those soon. Come out and enjoy a night of comedy. But thank y'all so much. Y'all been wonderful. My name's Mike Goodwin. Peace.